Mr. Pop. There's nothing wrong with commercial pop songs. Yeah, that's a shit one. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Look at the clock on the wall. You know what time it is, everybody? Yes, that's right. It's time for Rock and Roll with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Hello, Finey. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm so proud to be part of the world record, first of all. <laughs> oh. uh, team effort, team effort. Oh. Um, I, don't want to, I don't want to single out individuals, but the boy who pulled forward at the big ears has done well, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> who, um, what's his, what was his name, the, the big, tall, red-headed ruckman from, um, from Melbourne who had the, the ears? They called him Straws. What was his real name? Yes, yes. He he had the similar ears, those two. Yes. Goodness me. So we got a world record. We're world record lockdown uh, city in the world. We've beaten Buenos Aires. And and today, I think, uh, given the day that we're recording this on, we've got the record for the most number of cases. Yeah, good. So we've. You couldn't get. We've double banged it, which is, you know, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it, Brian? Week 10 of our seven-day short, sharp lockdown. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Actually, you know, yeah, Kevin, it's daylight saving, so we've got to move the clock forward an hour. So with that in mind, that's all we've got time for on Rock and Roll today. So <laughs> thanks for the fellas, and we'll catch you next week. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's another, something else that came and bit us on the bum was daylight saving. I didn't realise that was in the offing until it actually happened and woke up and went, well, hang on, I've lost an hour. I, mean, I feel like I've lost... Does it matter? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I feel like I've lost 18 months, let alone an hour. But anyway. Uh, hey, Brian, have you had enough of lockdown? Uh, yes, yeah, so I've had enough lockdown about ooh, nine weeks ago, I reckon. <laughs> so, so you know what I've decided to say? What? Release. Brian. <laughs> yes. Release Brian. Release Brian. I got kicked off Twitter this week. Kicked yes. off? Yeah, yeah. I'm giving me a little spell for a, for a week. What did you get? What did you get? What did you do? Well, I sent Gladys a note saying that, you know, <laughs> thought she'd done a very good job under trying circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, Dan Andrews is a F wit. Right. And then I said, um, I'd like to take you out dinner and dancing because I think you're beautiful. And then I wrote, I'd like to punch Dan Andrews. <laughs> and I said, you know, call me baby or something like that. And uh, apparently you're not allowed to say I'd like to hit Dan Andrews. That's not a, that's a no-no. So that's what you got kicked off for? Yeah, but apparently people can sit there on the thing and they can say, hope you die, yeah. and that's okay. But you can't say I'd like to hit Dan Andrews. Wow. Mm. That's, so there you go. Is that the well, first? I got a couple that, on Twitter as well. What? What did you do? What did you do? Um, I was sort of responding to somebody. Now, you know I'm a Red Sea pedestrian, one of the uh, yes. one of the, one of the wandering 12 tribes. Yeah. Yeah. More by name than by anything. Anyhow, so I had this bloke and he said, how are you enjoying life away from Elstonwick? And I said, look, I'm glad to be rid of Elstonwick. The house we were in, Every night, there was a, um, a, a cat dancing convention of squirrels over the possums on my roof, <laughs> and I'm glad to be rid of them. And then I said, I heard it's worse now. Not only have you got 
possums on the roof. Apparently, there's ultra orthodox Jews up there as well. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, because you, you saw the footage when they tried to escape from that illegal gathering in the synagogue. They were all scampering up on the roof. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and then I just said, I wonder whether Peter the Potter Man has a rip and lead break. Why? Wow. Jeez, did I get in trouble? Oh. oh, what are you, exterminating the Jews? Oh, yeah, blah, no. blah, 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 blah. Oh. I didn't, you know what? I didn't even bother I didn't even bother saying I was Jewish. <laughs> my only response was, unless my um, TV was upside down, there was definitely a few blokes up there fiddling on the roof, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure uh, they were ultra-Orthodox Jews. Um, I said, nothing wrong. I just said, you know, and them up on my roof. That's all. Yes. God, did I cop it? Uh, the, fiddlers, wow. the fiddlers on the roof. That's very funny. That's. Uh, I mean, uh, we we just you're not allowed to have a sense of humour anymore and and do kind of e- anything edgy anymore because you'll upset some bugger. Yeah, and, and the problem is, and somebody wrote the disgusting thing is that he is a Jew, and I don't like that term Jew. You know, so it was like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Go, 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 fiddle yourself, fair income. Yeah. Yep, I'm with you. That's I'm, uh, I'm going. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to become the masked citizen to get singing. I'm just going to walk around with a giant bloody mouse's head or something on my head. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, goodness me, uh, lockdown's got. Uh, it's had uh, ramifications on us all in terms of our our ability to see humour in a lot of things. And I'm uh, just going to say, Facebook apparently has been down for about six hours today or twelve hours today worldwide, and Instagram's down and WhatsApp's down, and some people's lives will have ground to a complete and utter halt because they haven't got social media. God's sake, get a life. There's got to be more to life than Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Seriously. Hey, yeah, exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> uh, no, really. I mean, they're all they're all cesspools of bloody, you know, people just having a crack at everyone and negativity and all that stuff. Uh, it being down for twelve hours is probably a bloody godsend, let alone anything else. You don't think that this is perhaps a uh, communication shutdown by the Chinese Communist Party before they invade? <laughs> Thank you, Mister Conspiracy Theory Twenty Twenty One. You strike again. Yes, I think it's what you do, you're going to invade, you take out their communication. Right. So give know. them, mate, just hand over the Viagra and they'll go back home. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about procreation over there. Off you go. Oh, goodness me. Give them a couple of quackers to eat. So why, eat did, so why didn't they take Twitter out? If they took out Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, why didn't they take Twitter out? Do you, are you saying that Twitter's the... The vehicle, now that you've been banned from it, it's it's the vehicle (laughs) of the other side, is it, Brian? I'd say so, Kev. It's (laughs) the only conclusion we can reach uh, at this point in time. Uh, They they couldn't uh, take Twitter out. No. No, Rowan would tell them the (laughs) F-R-O. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. Absolutely he would. All right, let's – now that we've broken the world record for lockdown, there's, you know, everything else on this program will be an anti-climax, but I wanted to ask if you watched the the Rugby League Grand Final on the weekend, Finey. No. You didn't watch it at all? Could not care less. I heard Penrith won. I heard some blokes of South Sydney could have kicked the conversion. Um. The season ended when Melbourne Storm exited stage left. I, okay. I, I took my dummy, spat it, really. 
Fair enough. Um, what about well, you, Brian? Did you watch I mean, it at all? I sort of had it on and was flicking around a bit. I, I'm a bit like Viney. Once the storm went out, it sort of lost a lot of appeal to me. Did you catch um, Tommy Trumpet's performance at all? Who's Tommy Trumpet? Well, see, a lot of people would think Tommy Trumpet played in the you know the second row for the Rabbitohs or was a, you know a, a wing three quarter for the Penrith team. But Tommy Trumpet was part of the pre-game uh, multi-million dollar entertainment that was put on by uh, the good folks at the uh, at the NRL. I can't remember what the entertainment was. And what did Tommy Trumpet do? Hey, what do you mean you can't remember what it was? Of Mossy. Oh, what's Tucker's daughter doing at the grand final? Well, did you see? Did you see any of Tucker's daughter? Did you see any of that whole thing? Yeah, yeah. He, he turned Tucker's daughter, which is basically a three-minute pop song. He turned it into a like a seven-minute anthem, crowd sing-along, um, anthemic thing. It's actually well, a pretty pretty reasonable job by Mossy. Yeah, I just don't think it's the right song for a grand final. It was even worse when he played it at Anzac Day. What the hell's Tucker's daughter got to do with World War One? Yeah, uh, no, I agree. I, I was expecting Bow River, um, but we got we got Flame Trees and Tucker's daughter, which was amazing. yeah. And he did Flame Trees with um, uh, what's her name uh, Miller, uh, Heidke Miller, Kate, yeah. Kate Heidke. And she sang his part, and he sang Barnsley's part. Yeah, yeah. She got a beautiful voice, I must admit. She does. Good for her. Yeah, and she sang the national anthem really well. But I just wondered if you'd caught Tommy Trumpet's um, <laughs> pre-game. They had like a had like a a DJ and uh, and and he was mixing the music. And then they had all these little cameo performances. And one of them was this bloke standing on the top of a speaker with a trumpet. And the thing came up, and it was Tommy Trumpet, and he did a little kind Good. of trumpet solo, and that was it. As the people were dancing around going, hey ho, hey ho, hey ho, he was playing his trumpet. It was one of the, you know, pivotal highlights of the pre game entertainment. I'm surprised you two didn't catch it. I'm a big fan of Tommy Trumpet, uh, <laughs> normally. Uh, yes. You know, I love his work. He's, he's terrific. Tommy Trumpet. Jeez, list. There you next, go. next year they got Kelvin Trump. <laughs> <laughs> They're going through the set. Yes. It's, it's uh, yeah, it was an interesting. I, know, I understand that they got the grand final at the last minute and, you know, they probably didn't have a lot of time to do a lot of pre-game entertainment or anything, but they're normally pretty good, the NRL. They normally have good pre-game entertainment, but this one was, to say, um, not their uh-huh. finest moment. Now, I have to apologise uh, on behalf of the program once again for killing off another live human being. Who did we kill last week? I killed John Coglin, the drummer with Status Quo. And thanks. Uh, Somebody in Status Quo died. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, Alan, Alan, Alan Lancaster died of most recent times. Um, of course, living in Sydney, uh, and uh, Ricky Parford Rick died Parfitt. a few years ago. Francis Rossi's still alive, but I I buried the drummer, John Coughlin. I said he was gone because I actually thought he, he had passed away, but he's 75. He's uh, he's apparently still uh, up and about living in Dulwich in London. So my apologies to, um, to all the Status Quo fans who let me know on Facebook and s- several messages that um, I'd, I'd buried the drummer a bit early. You thought he was down, down, prices are down. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I hope they made a lot of money out of that because uh, that, that's one of the more disgraceful ads that I've ever seen. Why? So they don't sue you. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, 
Uh, and also, Barry Ryan passed away this week. He was uh, one of my favourite all-time songs is Eloise. It didn't make my list that we'll talk about later, but he passed away this week, so I'm sad to see uh, he was 72. Has Barry been sick for a while or just suddenly? No, sud- suddenly, from what I can gather, um, he was 72. Yeah. He, he and his twin brother were a duo at the start and then they wrote Eloise and uh, and Barry uh, obviously sang most of it. But that was – I reckon that was – and I hate to use this word too often uh, – that was a game-changer song in the late 80s because it had – all the orchestration and it was a it was sort of five and a half minutes long and it was was really different. It, it screamed out of the radio when you when you heard it on the radio. It was a great song, Eloise, and done. Well, Barry Barry always liked to have the, the big production and the uh, that was pretty much his trademark. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the Love Is Love was the follow up to that. But um, who was there? Was an English band did a version of it um, in the eighties. Um, one of those sort of punky English Yeah, guys. the guy with the black hair and the silver hair. Um, yeah, the same guy that sung You'll Always Find Me in the Kitchen at Party. That's Jonah Lewis. Didn't he sing Eloise? No. Well? No, no, he no. sang Louise. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> same, same thing. <laughs> same bird. He just got her name wrong. Um, I'm trying to think yeah. of the name of the band that did or that. I did. Um, yeah, they look like vampires. Sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't think of that. Was it dead? Dead something? No, it wasn't dead something. No, I was thinking dead. Uh, no, it was Dexy's Midnight Runners. No, it wasn't Dexy's. No, Dexy's did Jackie Wilson said, which they did a great version of that. Um, and the other passing uh, during the week I wanted to mention was Sue Thompson. Now you'd remember her songs, Brian. I reckon because I reckon because your dad brought you up on a bit of country music. And, yeah. and played a bit of that kind of simplistic country music guitar. I reckon you would have uh, you would have heard a song called Norman. Norman, ooh, remember that? No, okay. I don't remember Norman. Do you, do you remember sad movies make me cry? Oh, that vaguely rings a bell. Okay, I thought you might have. I thought because uh, she was kind of pretty big in that uh, late part of the sixties when she had sad movies and Norman Sue Thompson. She uh, she passed away. I she remember ninety two. I remember kicking the balls makes me cry, but uh, <laughs> the movie one I'm not quite sure. Oh, yeah, that was the Johnny Rotten version of the song. Yeah, <laughs> the balls makes me cry. <laughs> yes, yes, and Johnny's version of "You Don't Bring Me Flowers" was a, a bit unique in itself too. But anyway. Um, if you remember, what I would, would he, no, you don't bring me. I don't know. No, well, uh-huh. I'll I'll talk to you about it off air um, rather than right. during the podcast. Um, now today we go to the uh, the Rolling Stone top five hundred again. Have you started work right. on your? Are you started work on your list yet, Brian? No, yeah, I knew it was your turn this week. So I've done nothing. You've done nothing. No. Well, it's going to be hard to top Farney's list, and I haven't tried to top your list, but I. Um... I'm sure you will. No, 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 <laughs> because no, no, no. it'll be your list. Well, yeah, it, it's good for me, but I'm not sure. Some of some of the songs I know you'll you'll go. Oh, would really? Um, but it really difficult criteria to be honest. To to sort of you know they have to be songs that you think are great in in some sort of way, as well as being songs that you like, and as well as being. Sort of pivotal in a way, really interesting. So just before then, was there any feedback? Did I cop any brickbacks? What are you talking about? Well, no, because I haven't put the list up yet. I was going to wait until we got all three oh, lists good. and, and all right. then, then put all yeah, three yeah, lists good. up. So, but uh, yeah, those uh, Rocket Man, Paint and Black, Defunk, Eleanor Rigby, um, Hallelujah, Whole Lot of Love, Beautiful by Christine Aguilera, Stand By Me by Benny E. King, Smells Like Teen Spirit, and Fortunate Son by Credence. Um, 
I went back and had to listen to a couple of those ones that are, that, that uh, fortunate some. Gee, that's a good song. Credence was such a good band. Yeah, such a good band. Now, what else has been happening in your world this week, Mister Fine? Anything of uh, of note that we should put on the table? Yeah, yeah. Look, look. Russia had Afghanistan. America had Vietnam and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And my unwinnable war is picking up after these two dogs now. <laughs> I don't know how a caspoodle or whatever it is and a border collie can shit like two draft horses. <laughs> I just don't know how they do it. It's, it's an unwinnable battle. And they, they've now decided not only quantity but location. They are doing it in places that they must be they must be parachuting into do it. I just can't reach it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a game of... Not cat and mouth, dog and poo, really. But I mean, do your God. does your dog do it on the on the like our, our dog does it on the paving all the time? Is your dog do it on the paving, or is it going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look. The border collie is amazing. She does not like pooing or peeing in front of us. She's very private, right? Where the other one just <coughs> the willow, she goes. Yeah. Private, in a private space. Can I suggest you send the border collie to Brian's house for a week? That'll sort it out. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, are you guys fans of a series of TV shows featuring Alan Partridge, who, of course, is Stephen Coogan? I, I know about it. I've seen yeah. bits and pieces. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah, the, the latest one is called This Time with Alan Partridge. God, it's funny. It's just he's, he's sort of awkward, he's inappropriate, but sometimes he's cutting and brilliant. He, he, yeah. he was interviewing some bloke who, um, who, who eats thrown away food from supermarkets, sort of does that sort of, um, you know, jumps into the big bins or whatever. Oh, right. And he goes to his house, and it's quite a nice house, and he says to him, well, actually... I mean, you're quite well off, really. You don't need to do it. And he goes, I do it because it's the right thing for the environment. He goes, you know, we're, we're quite well off. My wife's a lecturer. And he goes, aren't they all? He's <laughs> 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 it, it, just a, I don't know, I really like him. He just keeps shooting him out. They're very funny. Very good. really good is, is um, Stan Laurel in, was it, Stan and Ollie? But- yeah, yeah. That movie about Lyle and Hardy. He was yeah, I think he's great. Was that John, was that that John Riley who was in that with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good. They looked. I, I've never seen the whole film. I've seen clips out of it. They. Um, he does look like. They, yeah, I was going to say they had him down pat. Yeah, they really did, and I forgot how funny Lyle and Hardy were, and it sort of reminded me that. Oh, I yeah, love, they were pretty clever. They I love Laurel and Hardy. I thought Laurel and Hardy were brilliant. Stan, yeah, Stan Laurel had the best comedy face and could just, you could, uh, yeah, that, 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 and that little whimper, uh, just, it was. <laughs> Another fine mess you've got me into. <laughs> yes. Uh, he, wrote all the, he wrote all the material too. Stan did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, they were very good writer. They were very good. They were very, very good. They were. What are you? What have you been up to, Mister Mannix? Oh, I've been getting my house ready for sale, right. so that's uh, that's all going along. 
Um, and I'm getting ready for my birthday on Thursday. Yes. It's a birthday of some significance. Yes. Um, so I'm having, I'm having um, pony rides, uh, jumping cattle, uh, bit <laughs> on a roast, yes. free drinks. Yeah. Um, open, open house. Live, live band. Yep. And I've got all of that happening. Yep. Everybody's invited, but of course, no one can come. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. There is that. Yeah. That will that will kind of kill the mood just a bit. Yeah. Bit of a mood killer. We've yeah, had- Dan. What's what's Dan letting me have into my house at the moment? Like one person? Uh, I think you're allowed. No, well, hang on. You're allowed to go out for a picnic with four other people, aren't you? Oh, am I? Good. Yeah, but I don't think you're allowed. Yeah, but you can't take any alcohol to the park. Ah, oh, what's the point? Yeah, that's true. Uh, right. Yeah, well, that uh, yeah. So that so I'm not sure how many you're allowed to have in your house, and I think they've got to be a they've got to be vaccinated, haven't they, to come to your house? Yeah. So yeah, I think everyone has to be at least, I guess, one dose vaccinated. Um, and I think you're only allowed. I think it's only four. Unless, unless you're having – well, so you could tell them you're having a funeral and then you could – I think you can bump it to 20. Right. Okay. So you're just having an early funeral. You're not having a 60th birthday. You're just having an early funeral. Having an early funeral. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's get, get, get Casey to do a eulogy for you and, you know, you can just pass it off as a yeah. funeral. Yeah, it's my early, early funeral. You know, so sometimes, yeah. sometimes looking at you, Brian, it's hard to tell. Well, you know, that's true, but, you know, I wanted to see – See my funeral too, so that's a good plan. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, my early funeral on Thursday, fantastic. So, yeah. t- so tell us, Brian. I know we do the the, the, next, the new episode of Life of Brian is up, and we've had a little discussion on that um, about uh, turning sixty and, and what it's meant for you. But tell the uh, the listeners of this podcast what turning yes. what turning sixty actually means to you. Means it's another day, another year older, I suppose. Um, doesn't really mean a great deal at all, Kev, to be honest. Um, it's just a number, um, you know, a pretty intimidating number, I might add. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, I think when you've had 59 birthdays, you know, another birthday, well, yeah, okay, look, I like my birthday, but, you know, I'm, I've got low expectations for this one because of the situation we find ourselves in. Did you have a big 50th? No, no. Um, I might have had a fortieth. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but well, uh, clearly, if no. you're not sure, I reckon you did then. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, I love going to parties. I'm not real big on having them. Right. Okay. Because you know, you just talk to everybody for about ten seconds and talk to nobody really. Yep. Anyway, were you pl- were day. you were you planning? To celebrate your 60th with, uh, with with any great big, you know, oompa oompa? Well, I was thinking about it, but then, you know, we sort of learnt a long, you know, many weeks ago that there was no point. So I did think if it wasn't COVID, I'd probably do something substantial. But, uh, you know, what I'll do next year, I might have a 40 years since my 21st birthday party. There you go. That's a good idea. That'll do. If I can't get away with the funeral thing, that'll be it. That's a good idea. So, what uh, what what's your what's your most proudest achievement in your in your sixty years on the on the planet? Oh, probably my kids. Yep. Um, you know, you 
see your daughter born, your son born, and sort of puts life into perspective pretty clearly, I think. Um, you know, all the things you used to worry about, you sort of go, well, hang on, having a kid, this is better than a gold record or a new car or, or a route. Which is, as we said, how the whole thing started in the first place. <laughs> but, uh, yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say the kids is um, the thing I'm most proud of. All right. What about and, professionally? What about professionally, what's your proudest achievement? Oh, gee whiz. Um, um, I don't know, really. Uh, it's one of those things you don't sort of sit there and go, hey, how about that? I don't know. Um, probably. I don't know, writing 50 years maybe. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of things. Um, we were up here, that was great. Um, Ball and dancing was terrific. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, you know, it depends. I just I couldn't say one particular thing. What about Frank? What, was great. Yeah, what about Frank's line? Regrets I've had of you, but then again, too few to mention. Do you, do you, do you hold to that? Um, yeah, I reckon that's about right. Um, I've got a few regrets, but, you know, nothing major. Yep. You know, there's things you could have handled a little bit better. Yep. Um, maybe I could have got a bit more out of my career. Um, I'd just get my mouth shut a little bit more often, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but that wouldn't be you, Brian. Don't tell Gary Ashley he's a c***head. That's not a good career move. <laughs> uh, yes. That's the, That's not a good career, mate. The then A&R no. the manager at uh, Mushroom in London? Yeah. 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 So he's in New York when I told him he was a with. Is that, is that when you walked out of the dinner? Yep. yep. That's the one. Yep. Yep. And he was he was next yep. next to Gadinsky, he was probably the most powerful person in Mushroom Records at that time, wasn't he? Oh, I didn't even know who the f*** he was. <laughs> I'd been signed to them for three years and I didn't even knew who he was. You know, and then he starts telling me how it's going to be. And I'm thinking, where have you been the last three years, you prick? <laughs> so don't get me started, Kev. Yeah, don't no, get me no, started. No. I'm, still, I'm still furious with the two. It's, um, it's good to see that, uh, you know, you, you've, you've put that behind you, Brian. Yeah, right. Good <laughs> <You know>, so. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to start you off. I didn't mean I didn't. Uh, yeah. But I've just, I've just worked out if I ever wanted to do a, you know, kind of a ringtone to wake you up, if you <laughs> just have a little ringtone that goes, it's Gary Ashley calling. <laughs> yeah, and you'll hear scream. <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness, mate. Yes, uh, there you go. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. So, uh, well, happy 60th birthday, old fella. Oh, thank you, Kev. Now, you're officially... You. Happy 60th, Brian. You know, Thanks, you, Mark. You know, 60 means you're an old fart now. Do you, that, that's official. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But, you know. But, you know, we, we, we had this conversation. Um, 60 when we were kids, uh, and, and finally, you'd be exactly the same with this, 60 seemed like the oldest person. My God, 60. Jesus, what an old fart. You know yeah. what I, remember, I can remember as a kid? Yeah. I was sitting in my mum's car, and I must have been about 11, 10 or 11 years old, so 75 or 76. And on the radio, whether it was news or something, they said that a millionaire in America has already booked some famous ballroom for the, for the Millennium Party, you know, to usher in the year 2000. Yeah, 
I distinctly remember thinking, I wonder if I'll be alive then. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know whether I could do the math, but obviously 35 seemed like ancient to me. <laughs> Jeez, that's that's scary, isn't it? But uh, yeah, gee whiz, it, 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 you turn forty, and then as uh, and Brian and I had this conversation on the Life of Brian podcast, you turn forty, and the next twenty years goes like there's no tomorrow, and you're sixty, and you go, where did that? What happened yeah. to those twenty years? Yeah, well, yeah. forty was forty was all right. There was still a bit of you know, still a bit of fizz in the fizz in the champagne. But the day I turned fifty. Things change. I got a, a bowel cancer kit as a present from the government. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I watched an ad on TV for some insurance for seniors, and it said fifty and up, and that was about it. Yep. I went to kick the cat, realised I didn't have one. Yeah. So I think I was going to send off, and ever since then, once you once you, I, I don't want to upset people that aren't 50 or confirm it for people that are over 50, but 50 is a great thing to get to in cricket as an opener and a shit thing to get to if you, you know, you want to get there, but it's just, it's a line that, it's a line that younger people don't cross. You are old once you're over 50. Yeah. Yeah. And you also, you, you, that realisation, and I don't get too deep and meaningfully, but that realisation that, you know, the, more than half your life is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really hard to find a, a stripper of an appropriate age to watch. <laughs> yes, that was the first thing but, I thought but, when I turned 60. <laughs> yeah. Well, you start, you know, you get to an age and you start seeing girls walk down the street and you think to yourself, hang on, it's not even that anybody's with you. You're in the car and you think, you can't look at a girl like that. I mean, you know, dirty old man. But I guess. Yep. Yep. I guess, you know, what, yeah. what can you do? You're better, One of the blokes getting there than not. Yep. One of the blokes at my pub, mm-hmm. they look at girls that, you know, they're 65, and they see some girl who's about 19, they go, oh, she's not bad. And I'm going, are you kidding me? You're younger than your daughter. <laughs> and I just don't seem to give a shit. Like, I can't look yeah. at a girl that's younger than my daughter, for God's sake. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Some guys do, you go, oh, she's not bad. He's eighteen. Leave her alone. Well, I think you can yeah. appreciate. I can think you can appreciate a good-looking human being uh, without being lecherous or you know. Um, uh, yeah. I think you can do that. I can do that with men actually. So, gee, he's a good-looking rooster. Yeah, absolutely. He wouldn't have any trouble meeting the girls. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think I think that's, that's fine. Right. But what you're talking about is that kind of like, oh yeah, no, that. Oh, uh, sorry, you got to you got to you got yeah. to smarten your act up there at some stage. It gets a bit uh, on the buses, you know. Oh, nice bit of crumpet, <laughs> <laughs> I'll kick oh. you, butler. <laughs> Here comes Mister Slocum with her pussy. <laughs> oh, jeez, it's only a matter of time before that came back into the conversation somewhere. Ah, uh, we love we uh, love Mister Slocum. Ah, oh, yes, we do. We do. Um, actually, speaking of things on telly, I'll tell you uh, a couple of things. The ABC have kicked a couple of goals of recent times. Uh, they had a Hello. series which, yeah, a series which is now finished called The Newsreader. Very good. Very, very well oh, done. Oh, yeah. Very well done. Anatov. Um, and a uh, bloke called Sam Reed, not any relation to the footballer, who was terrific in it. And William McGuinness uh, was outstanding in it. Um <laughs> <laughs> old school news editor, and uh, he played it brilliantly. But that's a really good one. And they've got one at the moment, uh, which is 
sort of semi-based on some of the events that happened in the in the bushfires in uh, Queensland, New South Wales and Victoria. They only, had, only two episodes have been to air, but the second ep went to air on the weekend and uh, Richard Roxburgh and Miranda Otto, oh, my God, their performances in, in this second ep, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone to watch, but their performances are just outstanding. Uh, uh, the first ep was good, but the second ep was, my God, um, really, really well done. Uh, exceptionally good production values, but just the acting in uh, in this set was just uh, terrific. It's called Fires. It's on Sunday night. So if you get a chance oh, to nice watch it on iView, watch it. Nice to see a bit of drama being made rather than, oh. you know, some reality bullshit. Yeah, we haven't had so much. There's a, a little bit, no, you know, the Royal Flying Doctor thing was on uh, Channel 7, I think. They've done a little yeah. bit, but there's been there's been perilously little drama done anywhere, and these these last two that the ABC have done have been exceptional. And then you've kind of Good on them. you look at the money that they're spending on an ep of Mark Masked Singer, or that SAS must cost a fortune to make as well. And you know, Celebrity Master Chef starts this week, and the Celebrity Dancing costs a lot of starting. money to cost a lot of money to drop one of Edelstein's widows out of an aeroplane, doesn't it? <laughs> I'll do it for nothing. What are the what are the contestants? You know, somebody starts screaming in your face from an inch away. Why don't they just say, "Piss off, dickhead!" What are you yelling at me for? All right, I'm doing my best. Why don't they just tell the SAS guys to go get Nick? I don't know. It's a it's a good point. Because then they'll, then they'll end up off the show, and it's all about being on TV when you're, you know. Well, it's not like they're going to hit you, is it? You know, they can't hit you. Don't they? I, I haven't watched it. I wouldn't watch a second of it. Don't they kick you off the show or something? Ah, uh, well, it's probably the sort of show you'd want to get kicked off. Well, it's one of those shows um, where you basically, unless you fail something, you pull the pin on yourself. Right. It's it's. Oh, it, I have to say, it's a very addictive show if you watch it. It was on the other night, and again, I was doing some research for some stuff, so uh, I just had it on and uh, not watching it intently. But um, it is confronting. Uh, it is it is something that you kind of get sucked into quite easily. I can see that, but in terms of ever wanting to be on it, um, the only the only kind of uh, I mean to see a Heath Shaw or someone be totally humiliated by someone or you know big rugby league bloke like Sam Burgess reduced to tears by someone in his face screaming at him, or the fact that he was so tired and hungry and distraught that he you know started bawling. It's not entertainment. No, it's cruelty. Yeah, absolutely. And I know it's had complaints yeah. and stuff, but it, it, it's it, it rates really well, and people obviously like watching it. And they've already started filming the next series. Yeah, Wayne Carey and Barry Hall are having a crack. Yeah, I saw that, along with a whole stack yeah. of other people I've never heard of, including some bloke. You know how they had like they had Wayne Wayne Carey ex AFL Barry Hall ex AFL so and so reality star. So and then there was one bloke in it. I think his name. I think his name was Richard Buttrose. It said drug dealer, convicted drug dealer. I thought, oh, okay. Chappelle Corby's done it. Why can't he? Yeah, well, you kind of go, hang on a minute. Um, sort of the boundaries of who you have on these programs is a bit weird. But anyway. Are you telling me there's a guy who's been in prison and his name's Dick Buttrose? <laughs> 
Well, it wasn't before he um, went in prison, but it apparently was after. Anyway. It used to be Barry Smith before he went into prison. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and, and I think you might have read Butt Rose incorrectly. I think it's Butt Four. <laughs> yes. Yeah, probably is by now. All right. Let's uh, – uh, if, if no one has anything else they want to bring to the uh, agenda, I'll, I'll start to slip into this top ten. My God, this was hard. Okay. But it's fun. It's fun, though, isn't it? It's fun, and I, God, I listened to a lot of music in the last week. Um, yeah. And that was that was good. Uh, and then I then the agony and the amount of paper I've gone through in scratching things out, which are, obviously you did the same thing, Finey. You put one down and you go, yeah, yeah, and you've got another couple and you go, oh, no, hang on, no, that's got to go because that one's got to go in ahead of that. And, oh, what about I love yeah, them. And, yeah. uh, and then you've got to come down to that thing where you decide between, you know, great there's bands that I love, but unfortunately, some of those bands that I love so much, um, and I would put on, uh, you know, a, a, a Spotify playlist tomorrow. Their songs aren't good enough to have made this list, um, uh, which is really kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love, for instance, I love Slade, uh, as you do, Brian. Yeah. Um, I love Slade, but I could not find a Slade song that actually made it into this list of ten. I love the yeah. Doobie Brothers. I couldn't find a Doobie Brothers song that was good enough to make it into this. I love Steely Dan, some of their stuff. I couldn't find a, a song of theirs that was good enough to make it in. Um, so, yeah, it was so, – I, I, I can understand that you couldn't find a, a Doobie Brothers or Steely Dan song that was good enough to make it. That's pretty pretty obvious to me. Okay. So yeah. you've, just, um, you've just answered one question that came to us on social media. And that was, that? how long will it take Brian to put shit on Kev's selections? Uh, <laughs> how, how quickly into Kev's list of 10 will it be before Brian puts shit on his selections? Well, I haven't even started the friggin' list and you've already right. put shit on the band so long. Yeah. yeah. Good. Oh, all right. It's only because you're old. You're just old and grumpy now, Brian. That's right. I'm old and grumpy. Now, fine. <laughs> yeah, and what? And I'm a big fan. Well, I big, can't wait to see Tommy Trumpet on SAF. He's going to be good. Anyway. <laughs> he probably is going to be their next one. Uh, now, finally, I, I need to ask a question because I, I wasn't clear on this. When you did your list last week, With, yeah. it's it's 10 songs. Were they in order or were they just a list of 10? Because I, I not only did I struggle to keep it to 10, but then when I tried to put them in an order, I just – I'll be honest and say, in the end, I gave up and just left them as ten songs. Were yours in order of? Yep. Yeah, Rocket Man down to oh, okay. at ten. Fortunate Son at one. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. Uh, so then I'll 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 do the I'll finalise the order after I give you the ten songs. I'll do I'll do the order when we put the list up because it's uh, okay. I, I can't I can't do that now. I've, my head's. It's spinning so much because we did a top 20 in the early days of this podcast. Um, Brian, myself and Rowan did, did our top 20s and that was that was agonising and some of the songs that I had in that list have made it into this list and some haven't. Some haven't travelled well. And I'm a bit like you, Brian. Mm-hmm. My, my um, uh, I won't say love of a song, but my uh, appeal for a song wanes a bit depending on my mood. Yeah, like yeah, I, that makes sense. I can be, and I can, I can think that you know, "China Grave" by the Doobie Brothers is the best song I've ever heard in the next three minutes. But then, half an hour from now, I'll go, "I oh, know, I don't want to hear that again. I've heard it now. I don't want yeah. to, you know." Or I'll hear "Low Down" by Boz Skaggs and go, "Yes, you're gone." Oh no, come on, kids. 
Boz, yeah. I haven't even started the list yet, Brian. Boz is the buzz. Yeah. Oh, Boz is God. the buzz. <laughs> Boz is Boz the buzz. Who thought of that? What an idiot. Dennis Hanlon from CBS <laughs> thought no, of that. Really? He did. Boz that was, is the buzz. That was massive. That was a massive campaign, Boz is the buzz. Yeah. You yeah know how Boz is the buzz. Silk Degrees is one of the biggest albums of its time. For that week, yeah, probably. No, Anyway. Oh, all right. Buzz the buzz. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So I'm going to start. I'll start in no particular order. As I said, I'll put it in an order later. But um, right. I'll put this one in because, A, I think it's a great song in its original uh, version. And then so we, you're apologising for it before you even say <laughs> what it is. Brian, I haven't started the list yet. <laughs> oh, God, this is going to be fun. Oh, oh. You're a pain in the ass, Mannix. I'm going to get a coffee mug saying Brian Mannix is a pain in the ass. Um, so I like the original version of this. And then when it was retweeted, uh, re, redone, rejigged, and it mm. became basically the uh, the – the song that drove the unplugged um, kind of tsunami that happened. Uh, but I still, to this day, when it comes on, I still turn it up, even though I've heard it a lot. Um, it wasn't a song I played a lot because of where I, where I was working at the time and the and Breakfast Radio didn't play this song. But Layla by Eric Clapton, the unplugged version, I think is just a spectacular song and a great reworking of a song that opened up a big Pandora's box of opportunity for people just to sit with the guitar and... Play their tunes. So that's... Layla. Yeah, Layla. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you reckon what's yeah. going? Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah. Well, you don't. Well, two out of three ain't bad. Oh, it's like okay. meatloaf. No, I don't have any meatloaf in here, I can tell you that. Meatloaf definitely don't right. make it onto the list. Okay. Right, eh? Uh, Layla. Layla. Okay, so that's one. <laughs> right, eh? Okay. Uh, Oh, it gets better, Brian. Oh, it couldn't get you worse. <laughs> what do you mean it couldn't get worse? That's not a oh. – that's not – now, hang on. You can't say that's a bad song. No, it's not a bad song. It's just – I don't know how it snuck into your top ten, though. Gee whiz. Well, it's uh, – you're talking about songs that – also, there's a, a little bit of the criteria here as well as songs that I really like, are songs that did something, and that, that opened that whole unplugged <laughs> thing up. That was the one that sort of broke the – Broke the damn wall and everyone started doing it after that. So it's Eric Clapton's fault, all of that bloody acoustic rubbish that came out for well, bloody ages. Actually, it's probably a, a producer at MTV's fault when you think about it because they wanted to find a way where they could just not have to, I guess, have the entire band and 75,000 tonne of equipment to be able to hear a song. So they reinvented it as an unplugged thing and it worked. Worked yeah, really it well. Um, all right. Okay. The West Coast sound is one that I I really like, and I always have liked, and I thought it, it made it changed a lot of music in America at the time, and uh, and the harmonies of the bands that were involved in it I thought were very good, and I can still to this day remember seeing this band live at Festival Hall in Brisbane, uh, and they did this song as part of uh, I think as part of the just before the encore. Uh, they did Best of My Love and something else in the encore, but they did this one, and I did, it was a showstopper. I just thought this was a great song, beautifully sung, simple, uh, but uh, just fantastic, and that's Desperado by the Eagles. Yeah, okay. Which I, I saw an interview with Henley uh, on the Howard Stern show where he talked about the fact that 
Uh, it, it's not that he doesn't like the vocal on the on the record, but he thought he could have got a chance to do it better. He only he only got a chance to sing it three or four times, and they said, "No, nah, that's it. We got it. Let's go. Move on the next one." Because uh, they were on budget uh, for their album, they were recording it in England. So he, he, he oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. The Eagles on a budget. Yeah, well, they were then. They were the biggest coach snorting band going. No, they, but they, they weren't. Were blow dead. Was, that was before that. This was before all that. Oh, Desperado, okay, Desperado they, was in the early days. They they didn't they weren't all that cashed up. They they'd had that first album, and Desperado I think was either one or two after that. They weren't they weren't flying so like they were when they when they got to Hotel California. Yeah, they weren't you know raging on the cocaine yet. At that stage, I would have said uh, not not probably as to the extent that they yeah. were. They were Desperado. Yes, they were. Just a really good song. Really good song and really well sung. So, I like that song. All right. So that's that's it. Finey, have you got any uh, thoughts on that one? Well, it was recently censored. We had to censor recently, didn't we? Yes. That's what I think of whenever I hear Desperado. Fair enough. You come to your senses? Yes, yes, I have. I have, as you'll tell by the next song that I'm going to put in. Which is good. which is the sounds of silence by Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, good call. Which I played last night. Uh, I was listening on my tablet, and I put a live version of it on. And it starts with Paul Simon playing um, the the sort of intro to the song and an elongated intro to the song. And then he gets to the the start the start that happens on the record, and he just looks at Art, and Art just takes a big deep breath and and starts the first line of it, and then they come together for the second line of it. And I literally, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. It was just friggin' beautiful. It was so good. And I thought, my God, that is such a, a great song and a great lyric, but by Jesus, they sang beautifully together. Um, really, really. And, yep. they, and they've got probably got 10 other songs that I could put in there that I uh, – songs – I love America. I think America's a great yeah. song. Um I never liked Bridge Over Trouble Waters. I found it I, – I personally found it tedious. But there's so many other oh. songs they've done that, that I just – I really, really love. But Sounds of Silence, I think, is just a beautiful, beautiful song. So, yes, I have no, no problem with that one, Kev. Oh, okay, good. Well, I don't think you'll have any problem with the next one. I wanted to put an instrumental in because I sort of – I went through that – I don't know, I, I – as a music person, I listen to, a, you know, you listen to a lot of music and stuff. I never kind of rated instrumentals. They were always sort of themes from TV shows or themes from movies or, for me... You, you're a big fan of popcorn. Oh, nink, dink, 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 dink. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Or they were those kind of songs where you just went, oh, really? Um and they all always seem to me to be songs that someone hadn't finished. You know, could you surely you could write a lyric for that and do something with it rather than just have this instrumental piece of rubbish? And they were normally, mm. you know, love theme from Airport or the theme from The Godfather or that sort of theme stuff. from Upstairs Downstairs. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I never really rated um, instrumentals, and then uh, I don't know, I don't even know how I discovered this song. Uh, there was one instrumental I loved, um, and probably the only instrumental that I did like um, growing up as a kid was Classical Gas by Mason Williams, which I just thought was a really, really uh, good song. But then I don't know where, how or where, but I discovered Albatross by Fleetwood Mac, 
And still to this day, and I, that would be in the early 70s when I discovered that, and still to this day, 50 years later, it is the most relaxing piece of music I've ever heard in my life. I, it, it comes on and I just immediately go to some serene little place in my head that makes me feel really sort of placid and, and docile and, and, uh, and just, you know, take completely sucks the anger or anxiety or whatever it is out of my body completely. I just I think it's a fabulous piece of music and Peter Green, beautiful guitar playing on it and, uh, and that makes my list. Right. Okay. As a, well, we, know what to, we know what to hum if Kevin ever goes on a rant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If I start to arc up, just put Albatross on and immediately. So, <clears throat> so this song has the effect on you like perhaps listening to an Akinbilk record. Yeah, I suppose. Yes. Akinbilk's very, very relaxing. Ak- I love Ak- the clarinet. Was Akinbilk, yeah, he was the clarinet. He had the hat. He was the bloke who had the hat on. He had actors too. He had a, he did not have hackers. Yeah, well, he was called Ackerman. Oh, he had, he had acne. He had acne all over his face. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I made it up. No, yeah, just, oh, God, you're an idiot. Um, Can we get back to the top ten, please? Yes, yeah, sorry. Reminiscing about Ackerman Bill. Sorry, sorry. All right, that's four of them. Okay, number five. Uh, I've thrown this one in because I just I thought it was a, a bit of a game-changing um, song for Australian music, and I loved it. Um and uh, they they went to America. They did the the colleges, and they flogged their bum off playing little venues. And while they were doing all that, this got released. It was um, different because it was long, um, but college radio in America loved it. So eventually, it became I think it was only a top thirty hit in America, but it was the one that broke them in America in terms of uh, the Americans discovering this band. And they'd been around individually um, for a long time, but the Little River Band, I. I, I always been a big fan of. Reminiscing was the one that sent them ballistic. But It's a Long Way There, which was on their first album, is just a really great song, really well put together. Go, It's about eight minutes long. Um, and it features, you know, great great singing by Glenn, great harmonies from Graham and Beeb, and just a, the band Derek playing great guitar, just a really good little band song. And I, I've put that in because I think that's – is it the only Australian? No, I've got another Australian in there. Um, just a – for me, in that sort of period of the seventies, that late part of the seventies, that was that was one of the really, really good Australian songs. So, I've got well, I think that's a very brave selection, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> you, you condescending pain in the ass. Why aren't you letting people know that you like LRB? What do you mean? Why don't you Why don't you just get a T-shirt that says "I am a dag"? Well, what's wrong with that? They they've had some very good songs, Brian. Reminis- yeah, Frank Sinatra wanted to record Reminiscing. John Lennon was a big fan of it too. Yes, he was. Yeah. And Friday night I was out on a date and the girl came around to tell I was dreaming of the dove. Now, we had, a, yeah. we had a discussion the other week about Glenn Shorrock as a singer and I know you said that you you like Glenn as a singer. I think he's got a beautiful sounding voice. Yeah. and I, he, I, I don't th- know about his songs though. Oh, Cool Change cool is a change good is song. Good. Cool Change that is, is a, a great song. song. It's a really good song. I know they. Curiosity killed the cat. Now that is a stinker. It's a commercial Curiosity pop song. Curiosity killed the cat. Brian, it's a commercial but, pop song. There's nothing wrong with commercial pop songs. 
Yeah, there's nothing wrong with commercial pop songs except that's a shit one. Huey <laughs> <laughs> often he killed the cat. Oh, for God's sake. What about Witchery? Run, Spot, Run. What Witchery. Which, don't you remember? Uh, Witchery was a, a jingle, I think, before it was a thing for a female clothing store. Yeah. I think. There you go. All right, number next one. Uh, as I said, I haven't, put, yeah. I haven't put them in any. Are you happy with me to have the Little River Band in there, Finey? Not really. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for your support on that, Finey. It's been terrific. <laughs> been very long. I'm happy for you to have whatever, ever you deem fit. That's yeah. the idea of this, isn't it? Fair enough. All right. Well, my next one. Uh, I've got to make a decision on the run here as to which of these two songs gets in because they're they're well, there's three, but it's Lion Ball, and then I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to go with uh, this is kind of my romantic kind of you know fuzzy squirmy kind of song that uh, that I just like, and I I think this is your make this is your make out song, is it, kid? Well, not really, but it's sort of in that vein. No, it's not. I don't have a make out song, Brian. It's a bit of Barry White. No, there, it's not there. Barry White. <laughs> what if you sit on the couch next to me, Don? <laughs> oh, God, Maddox. All right, I'm just, I'm just seeing you making out of this next time. Oh, I can't wait to hear what it don't is. Don't say that. That's not an image anybody needs. Um, Go on. No, I, I love this woman's voice. I think she has one of uh, – Cass Elliott and this woman, I think, are the two best female voices I've ever heard. Um and it's uh, Karen Carpenter. Oh yeah, I think she's. I think she's just got an absolutely sensational voice. And it's close to you by the Carpenters. Great song. Yeah, I agree. That's a. That's just. And it just nudged out Frankie Valley's "Can't Take My Eyes Off You," which I think's one of the great romance songs. Yeah, I think Carpenters is much better than that. I think you did the right thing. Okay, thanks. That's good. Okay. That's all right. That's okay. That's life affirming for me too, Brian. Thanks for that. All right, then. That's good. <laughs> so we got uh, we got four to go. Here we go. Now, that, uh, that, that was a really good choice. Yeah, oh, thank <coughs> you. Thank you. I like it. We're all happy with that. Okay, fine. Well, I know uh, I'll do this one now because you won't be happy with this one. Um, I just love this song. Sorry, and and that's that's as, as much as I have to say. Bow River by Cold Chisel is my go-to Turn the radio up when it comes on. Scream your tits off and uh, just enjoy it because I just think it's a great song and I love it. And I'm sorry that Mossy didn't do it at the NRL Grand Final. I know Chisel did it a few years back, but I just reckon that's one of the great Aussie rock kind of pub songs. That surprised me. It's a good song, but I would have thought there was better Chisel songs than Bo River. Oh, yeah, there probably are in terms of if – I mean, I think Flame Tree's a great song. When the War is Over is a great song. K Sands a great yeah. song. But for some reason. Star Hotel's a great song. Star Hotel? Star Hotel. Yeah, yep. good song. Good song. Um, uh, Saturday Night's a good song. I, I like Saturday Night. But yeah. Bow River's the one that I, for some reason, has always been the chisel song that as soon as it comes on, in between all the others, I just go uh, ape droppings. You rip your shirt off and start dancing around the backyard, do you, Kev? Not quite, Brian, but close. Okay. As as close as my ageing body gets to doing that kind of thing, that's about where I'm at. Okay. So as you (laughs) jumping around the backyard with your shirt off, I reckon that's that's a great image. As you'll find out in the coming days, Brian. 
Right. <laughs> as as Fair enough. as your body stops cashing the checks, your mind thinks you can you can put through the draw. Oh, gee, okay. Thank you, man. Something to look forward to. I'm just being as life-affirming to you as you have been to me in the last 20 minutes. All right, then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. you got bow you've, yeah. you've heard of the concept of karma, Brian? No. Oh, <laughs> I'm calmer than I used to be. <laughs> I am when you play albatross. All right. Right. Okay. Uh, what have we got? Three to go. Yeah, three to go. Uh, another – another. this is one of those songs, a bit like Fortunate Son was for you, uh, Finey. Um, yep. Song with great lyrics from that time in 1967. Um, said a lot about what was going on. I was probably I was well, I was 12, so I was 11. I was I was too young to understand the politics of it, but I knew what was in terms of there was stuff going on that wasn't good, and I didn't quite understand the Vietnam War and all that sort of stuff. But Buffalo Springfield's for what it's worth became a bit of an anthem of that era. But just as a song, I reckon uh, Stephen still sings it beautifully. They didn't let Neil Young sing on it, which was another really good move, uh, and it just is a really good uh, song for its time that still sounds terrific when you hear it these days. So that's my kind of, um, I guess, protesty type song out of that era of the. Uh, How does it go? Um, hey, children, what's that sound? Everybody, look what's oh, going yeah. down. You know that song? Yeah, yeah. When I you, know that song. Yeah, yeah, when you say, for what it's worth, everyone looks at it and you goes, what, what's that song? And then you play two seconds of it. You play that little opening kind of guitar stingy thing at, at the start and everyone goes, oh, that song. They should have called it Look What's Going Down. Yeah, but they called it for what it's worth. And I think it was uh, a lot to do with the, what was going on in California at the time and all that. So, no, really, really, really good song. So. Okay. Two to go. And this one I love, and you should watch, should have a look at the, the video of this to see how well this song has travelled through the years. Um, uh, playing for Changes, uh, they did a version of it, I think it was last year, the sort of midway through the first year of the pandemic. Uh, Robbie Robinson wrote it. It's the band and it's the weight. And everyone's done a version of it. Um, Jimmy Barnes and the Bad Loves did a pretty good version of it a couple of years back. But... Uh, the band's version of the weight is, uh, and they've done it over the years with people like the Staple Singers singing on background on it. Uh, just a great song. Weird ass lyrics, um, all over the shop with the lyrics. Chester and the, the the dog and all that sort of stuff. But just a great song and another one of those songs that the minute I hear it, I go, yes, please, turn it up, off we go. Um, but have a look at the Playing for Change video with Ringo and a whole stack of international. Uh, people everywhere from uh, you know a, a bloke in Hawaii singing the lead vocals to a bloke in South Africa singing the lead vocals at, and Robbie Robinson playing guitar and Ringo playing drums. It's great. Tommy Trumpet's in there too. Tommy Trumpet would have gone if they did it today. Tommy Trumpet would be front and centre. Have no yeah, doubt about Tommy, it. Tommy's terrific. I love Tommy. And uh, I was close listening to the way that that was just outside my top twenty great songs. Yeah. Really good song. Um, and finally, uh, it's the Beatles. I couldn't have a list without the Beatles in there. And yeah. it could be any one of a number of songs. In the listening that I did in the last week, I went back and listened to a lot of the early Beatles stuff, which was what I, you know, as a sort of 10-year-old in 1966, what I was listening to on the radio. My God, they were good songs. They were so, yeah. so – we can work it out. I mean, it's so many underrated songs. Um in My Life is a great song. Day Tripper, Baby, You're a Rich Man. All these songs that just, uh, all of them, just uh, Penny Lane. God, I love Penny Lane. Yeah. 
Um, I wasn't a big fan of Strawberry Fields Forever. Uh, there was a few that I didn't like, but for the most part, all those songs that they did, um, I Want to Hold Your Hand, all of them. Yeah, beauty. Uh, the first album I ever bought in terms of an <laughs> album, I bought a lot of singles um, for economic reasons more than that, but the first album I ever actually purchased was Sgt. Pepper's. Um, and, oh. and, 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 you know, probably not now that you look at it, not the greatest album that God ever put breath into, but at the time... <laughs> I just thought, what a bloody brilliant album this is. And A Day in the Life is probably the poster poster boy song of that album. So if if I had – it would either be A Day in the Life or Penny Lane, I reckon, I'd put in – or In My Life. God, that's a good song. Um, Hello, Goodbye, I Loved. God, that's a good song. So there'll be a Beatles song in there. Uh, one of those ones I just mentioned will we'll make it into the list. And apologies to 40 million people I couldn't fit in, like – the Beach Boys with God Only Knows and there's no Elton John songs yeah. in there and I, I love Elton John. There's no Billy Joel songs in there, Brian. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> no, Steely, no, no Steely Dan, no Billy Joel, no Doobie Brothers. God, what was I thinking? No Tommy Trumpet. No, Tommy missed out. Line Damn. ball. Line ball. Um, no McCartney and some of the McCartney solo stuff like Maybe I'm Amazed I Really Love. Um, so yeah, so th- that that's my list. So well, it was pretty good. Thank you. Uh, a few, uh, a few stinkers in there, but right. um, overall, pretty happy with it. Okay. So next week it's you. <coughs> okay. So now, now, now you, you, you sort of life affirming changes will happen to you in the next forty eight hours, Brian. So right, you may well, change. That's okay. That's you, all right. I'll. You're top Probably ten. Val Dunican in my top <laughs> ten. <laughs> a bit of Roger Whittaker in the last farewell will slink yeah, in there. Yeah, Perry, Perry Como oh, will be in there. The bluest skies you've ever seen are in Seattle. Andy Stewart, the Scottish soldier, that'll oh. be in there. Donald, where's your trousers? Oh, that'll be in there. Quick <laughs> go the chairs. Bit of Bay, the cleaning lady. Bit of Nat King Cole. Anonymous Fury. she'll be in there. Dennis Roussos, little Tony. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'll all be there. Rod Kirkham. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, bit of Jamie Redford. Jamie Redford will be in there. Little no White problem. Cloud. Yeah, good. Okay. Nick, Nikki Webster, she'll be in there. Strawberry Kisses. Oh, geez, how did I miss putting that in my list? Finey, what, did, uh, well, what were we thinking, Finey? No, Nikki Webster. Yeah. Yeah, Nikki's in. Yeah. Strawberry Kisses. Melissa to Courts with. Sexy as the word. Hey, she's in the. She's in one of the. She, is she in the new SAS? Is that where I've seen her recently? I think no, she's in that. No, I no, no. I think she's in that. Nah. Yes, I'm sure she. She's in something. I don't. She's not in Celebrity Chef, Master Chef. So she must either be in dancing or SAS. She might be. She might be in dancing. No, I reckon she's in SAS. Really? Yeah. I don't know about that, Jeff. I, I think you might be killing somebody. No, no, no. I haven't killed anybody off in this episode. Trying not to kill that's anybody. She's not in Holy Moly. Yeah, well, oh, maybe that's what it was. Yes. Celebrity Holy Moly. God, the world doesn't need that. Hey, that's uh, that's another show, boys. So we look forward to next week and Brian Mannix's top ten. Woohoo. Oh, all right. That'll be beautiful. Oh, will it? Oh, it'll be beautiful. Yeah. It'll be Bonza. It'll be Bonza. Bonza. Well, look, seriously, have a lovely birthday on Thursday uh, because we're recording this on Tuesday. So have a lovely birthday on Thursday. Look after yourself. Thank you. Don't get too shabby. I will. 
I'll be very shabby, very, very shabby. <laughs> well, we've got a very important interview on Friday night to, to do, so don't get too shabby, shabby. Okay. I'll be shabby till lunchtime the next day, then I won't be shabby. Okay. And uh, Life of Brian, the new episode is up now. You can check that out with the wonderful Kim Wilde speaking to us for the entire program. So that was good. Oh, Kimmy, what a sponge. Yep, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Finey. Happy birthday, Brian. I'll catch you I'll catch you in your 60s. How about that? All right. Thanks, Wani. I'll be 60. Jeez. That's terrible, doesn't it? Uh, See you, boys. Have a good week. See you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Birthday, dear Brian. Why was I born so beautiful? Why was I born at all? (laughs) You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.